0: Hello guys, and welcome to another episode of Content and Caffeine. Super glad you could join me. This week, I was joined by John Woben, and I hope I'm pronouncing John's name correctly. He's the founder of Content Launch, which is a 15-year-old content marketing agency and now content marketing software. Me and John spoke extensively about a whole bunch of topics, including uh, the kind of content marketing that has been working for them recently, uh, how he sees uh, content marketing changing in 2020 and beyond, Uh, We also spoke about um, the common mistakes that content marketers make and how they can, little hacks they can do to improve their their content marketing strategy going forward. There's a whole bunch of um, golden nuggets in this one. Lots of little quotes and, and, and things that John said that I thought was really, really helpful, really, really insightful. So go ahead and jump into this one. As usual, this is brought to you by Wordify, the content marketing agency for SaaS and software vendors. Enjoy the episode, guys. John, thanks very much for joining me.
1: Thanks for having
0: me, no problem. So you're the founder and CEO of content launch. And uh, as I was just mentioning to you, uh, outside the call, you guys launched 15 years ago. So again, congratulations on that, on that amazing milestone. I think it was 2004. You look, you guys launched and that would make, that would have made me an 11 year old boy when you launched when You launched content launch. So <laughs> pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So what inspired you to start yeah. content launch back then?
1: Um, I was working for big companies at that point and um, I graduated with my mba in, in two thousand uh, and um, just uh, didn't really enjoy working for big uh, corporate company, you know, large corporate uh, entities it just wasn't a good fit for me and and um, you know I worked for Ford Motor Company and Kia Motors America it was an automotive business for a while and in marketing roles. And, um, I enjoyed lots of it, but just the whole big entity thing wasn't my cup of tea. And and over a couple of year period, I realized that I was an entrepreneur and I didn't really know that until I was about 32. Um, but it kind of had that little whisper in my ear telling me, Hey, start, start a business, start a business. So, so I did that in 2004. And we started very, you know, very small and it took, you know, three or four years to kind of grow to the point where we, you know, were where I could quit my day job, if you will. Um, but, uh, you know, once I got to, say, 2008, 2009, I never looked back, and it was probably the best decision I ever made.
0: Very cool, very cool. Um, and you guys started as, as an agency, right? You didn't start as, as a software, software company, because right now, Content Launch is primarily a content marketing platform. Is that
1: correct? Yeah, correct. So we started as a content writing agency, so all we did was content writing. Uh, So we had a bunch of writers on our team and we wrote for over 500 companies and 100 agencies and we wrote tons of ebooks and blog posts and white papers and case studies and got really really good at that And did that for a number of years
0: Very cool. Were you guys targeting a specific niche or industry or was it just like Any any company that was looking to do content marketing?
1: Uh, no, we really were trying to, um, be the affordable uh, quality content source. So you know, all of our writers were hand-selected by me. They were all U.S.-based. Um, you know, we were the guys that would write you a bunch of blog posts that were of high quality but didn't, didn't cost you a lot. So we sold against, you know, traditional digital marketing agencies that would charge, you know, 200 bucks a blog post. We were charging 80 bucks a blog post, and our quality was better than, you know, a lot of the agencies out there that were charging double, triple the price. So we kind of uh, had a little niche in that, in that kind of area of the market. And then along came HubSpot in 2011. Uh, we became a partner of HubSpot's and uh, worked with a lot of HubSpot partner agencies and became the writing arm for quite a few of them. Um, so that was sort of how we kind of broke it wide open. And then I wrote a couple of books around that time and that, that increased our, our footprint as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned some sort of price points there uh, $80 for a blog post, that kind of thing. I mean, has, you're talking to somebody who wasn't simply wasn't around in this industry back then. So I'm asking the question of, has the demand for content grown? What was the demand for content back then in, in 2004, 2005? Was it, was it, was there a large demand? Were, were brands still, um, you know, tentative about, you know, writing blog posts and that kind of thing or, or were they convinced even back then that content is the way forward and we produce content at scale?
1: Yeah, the demand has always been there. Um, it was just a, a different type of demand. There was way more um, SEO-driven content back then. So, trying to a lot of companies trying to game the system, trying to get on page one for all the important keyword terms. SEO and, and the whole like search engine thing was, was really big back then. It still is important, but um, you know, social media wasn't around in 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. Right, Facebook wasn't even it didn't exist. So, the whole social media piece of it was was not there. Um, and obviously a lot of things have changed. The internet has grown tremendously. So. So, yeah, the the need for content was there, Um, but obviously it's it's grown probably tenfold since then, if not twentyfold. But, you know, I didn't realize it because I was a really good writer and I enjoyed writing. But there's a lot of companies, a lot of people that don't like to write. They're not good at writing. They don't uh, want to spend their time doing that. Right. So in 2004, when I started my company, that was a real, you know, aha moment was, oh, wow, people will pay me to do this because they just don't want to do it or they don't like (laughs) doing it. Um, so I realized, wow, there's a lot of companies and a lot of individuals that have companies that just don't want to write content. So that was, uh, when I realized that, that kind of really, um, opened it, opened it wide for us.
0: Yeah. I mean, how do you think content marketing has, has changed since you, you first started content launch? Because, you know, as you mentioned back then it was more SEO driven, you're, you're trying to write for um, Google was around in two thousand four, I believe right, or was it Yahoo or even ask jeeves back then i don 't know but SEO, SEO engines in in general back then and even you know when I first first started getting you know into into blogging and things like that you know ten years ago, it was very much you know don 't worry too much about how good it reads and worry more about is it going to rank and is it going to bring in you know the search engine traffic and I think i 've seen even in my relatively short time in this industry that sort of shift away from SEO, you know, writing for the search engines to writing for the humans, and and I think one of the reasons for that is because Google itself has become a better platform, and and it rates and ranks content that is um, more readable, higher, right? So it's almost like we still we still are writing for the search engines, but it just it benefits the humans anyway. So have you seen that similar shift, and what other shifts, shifts have you seen?
1: Yeah, it's changed dramatically and you're you're absolutely right the way you described it there. Um, The other thing too is that there's way more companies now that are adopting content marketing as a way to, as their de facto way of of marketing. So they're using content to connect and build relationships with their prospects and customers and and a lot of companies are doing that now. Whereas, you know, five, 10 years ago, just a few companies out there were doing it or doing it right. Mm -hmm. Um, So just the value of content and, and building relationships with content has become really the, the way to, to market nowadays, because I mean, number one it just makes sense, right. To build relationships with, with, with your folks. But number two, it, it's a lot cheaper on cost per lead, you know, to than advertising. Um, and also when you're doing content, you, you own the land, you're not renting the land. If you want to use a, a metaphor in, you know, renting uh, real estate versus owning real estate, it's a very, very applicable, right? So when you're developing a blog and you have lots of blog content, then you own that. that Your blog is yours. And um, so it's versus like, you know, you know, AdWords or doing banner ads, which is was really popular 10, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. um, not as popular today. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, content marketing has evolved quite a bit. And, you know, when we started doing it in 2004, it wasn't even called content marketing, it was called copywriting, right? Mm-hmm. So just the, the what we call it has changed um, because. Um, it really has become the smart or intelligent way to do your marketing.
0: Absolutely, and it's interesting you mentioned that that it wasn't even called content marketing marketing at the time. And um, I, I gave I gave a presentation uh, last year at uh, CMS's event, and I spoke about um, the, the history of content marketing, right, and how you know this predates the internet by by a very very long time. And I used the example of uh, Michelin, Michelin the tire company, and how they. Yeah. They 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 basically um, drummed up uh, drummed up sort of um, demand for their tyres by writing guides writing content about hotels about places to visit. Uh, they 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 handed out the Michelin guide right, and the guide would tell people, you know, if you drive if you drive to the, this coast over here or to this country, uh, you can find these hotels, you can find this restaurant, and these are the gas stations on the way. Uh, and so basically, they 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 made people drive more, so they would use tyres more and buy more tyres. And guess what, Michelin. The, the guys who wrote your holiday guide or your travel guide or your map, they actually sell tires. So they, they used uh, content marketing in a genius, genius way, way before the internet to, to, you know, yep. for, for brand awareness and in a very sneaky way to basically uh, create demand for their product. So, you yeah. know, uh, it, it's crazy to, to, to sort of see that, that timeline and to see how, we've, how we've sort of evolved and now the internet, is here. And as, as you mentioned, again, we had that sort of period where it was more about SEO rather than help, helping, helping the end customer. And now I think we've come full circle again, We're we're almost at the Michelin, the Michelin uh, time again, where the more you help, the more useful information you put out there, the, the better it is for your brand. Right?
1: Yeah. The only thing they didn't have back then was the internet. Right. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were doing, they were doing all the things that the great companies that are using content marketing today are doing, but they didn't have the internet. So they didn't have that digital distribution, Uh, way the technology to really get it out there but but yeah to your point there were a lot of companies using content effectively to build relationships way back when you know whether it's the late 1800s with John Deere tractors or or Michelin uh, a number of decades ago yeah I mean it just makes sense right I mean when you're building relationships with people they want to be communicated with in an authentic uh, meaningful interesting and informative way so it just makes sense that that's the way you would uh, connect with them
0: Absolutely. It's just, it's, it really, what it, what it boils down to is just human psychology, right? People want to, right, uh, right. It, people want to engage, you know, whether it's with a brand or with somebody else and they want to get useful information. And if you're the source of that useful information, then, you know, guess what? Next time you're looking to buy tires or software or whatever it is you sell, you'll be top of mind. So you're absolutely right. It's just, yep. it, it just makes sense. So what is working today then? You know, 2019, close to 2020. What What do you recommend for companies who are, you know, okay, we we'll to produce content. What do we do first? What's this first step? What's working for us? What, what could work for us?
1: Yeah, so the way I answer that question is, um, it's, it's actually the, the fundamental things that a lot of companies are, are making mistakes or falling down on. Um, it's it's the, the basic stuff like, covering all your content bases. I talk about content marketing and the types of content in four four different channels. So you got your blog content, that's number one. you got your email content, that's number two. You've got your social content, that's number three. And your lead generation content on your website, that's number four. Um, and you need all four of those in order to effectively have a, a good content marketing program. What we find is that there are companies that are doing one of those really well, but they're, they fall down on the other three. Um, so you see some companies are doing great email newsletters, and they're really not going out of the park but they're not updating their social profiles with any content right so they're they're missing that or you see a company that has a great blog and they're blogging three to four times a week and they're, they're really interesting blog posts but they forget to you know do an email blast out to their their folks and and um so it's it's a lot to to ask of companies today to do all four effectively but you really need to because your competitors are doing it and you always have two or three competitors in your space that are really doing well with content across the board and they're the ones that are leading the charge. And, and so when you're looking at your competitors, you know, it's really who are the ones doing content the best. And so I always tell companies, you know, do a little research on a monthly basis, just once a month to see what your competitors are doing on their blog with their lead gen yeah. content, what kind of white papers and eBooks are they doing? And so you have something to measure yourself against. Um, so that's really the, what's working today is making sure you got your bases covered um, and also being consistent with it. You see a lot of companies, they, they are full on content marketing for maybe three or four months and then they fall off and they drop off. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, nowadays, if you're doing content, you're a publisher and guess what? Um, If you miss a month, if you're a magazine and you're publishing, you know, every month and you miss a month, um, that's not a good thing, right? So um, you got to embrace the fact that you are now a publisher if you're into content marketing and the publishing never stops. You got to keep that going and the level of consistency and quality has got to be there month in, month out, week in, week out.
0: Absolutely. I think that's golden advice. Uh, I really like the the four bases that you mentioned there. It's it's so obvious, we all know it, but when you put it out like that, when you sort of lay it out, those four bases, it suddenly becomes a lot clearer, like, okay, these are the the, the bases I need to put my content upon and build build upon. So just to recap, it's the the blog content, email content, social content, and lead gen content. So what are some examples of lead gen content, by the way? Because I think people know the first three, but when it comes to lead gen content, what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So when when you have a visitors come to your website, you need to give them something in return for their, their visit to you. Um, some kind of ebook, white paper, video, infographic, or, or many of those. You know, I would say uh, if you're brand new to Legion content, come up with five you know solid ebook titles. Um, and, and write 5 ebooks, put 5 ebooks together and, and offer them on your website with no strings attached. Um, just, I mean, offer it, you know, with a simple landing page of email address and, and, and name. And that's all you ask for. And then, um, you know, then you get that information and then you can start marketing to those folks. So it's, um, you know, find out what are the five greatest pain points that your customers have and write, write e-books or white papers around those topics. And then put them up on your website and offer them as a free download. Um, in exchange for their contact information and that's just a smart way of building your database and you find a lot of companies just don't have it they either forget about it or they just don't think it's important or they don't understand what lead generation content is all about so it's as simple as that really I mean start with one right if you don't have anything to offer your visitors start with one really good ebook and it doesn't have to be long it could be 2,000 words that's like you know 10 pages designed takes a couple weeks to put that together offer on your website and um you know, the downloads will
0: follow. Yeah, absolutely. And it's true what you said that, you know, a surprising amount of companies just don't do number four, which is lead generation content. So you'll, ha- you'll see them, they've got a great blog, um, publishing regularly every other day maybe. But you go to the bottom of the blog post and there's no CTA. There's no, you know, what's next? You right. know, is something, is from, can I download a checklist? Is there a, is there a guide I can download now? Can I go and watch a video at least? No, it's just, you know, the author's bio and that's it. And then, But that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But then that same brand will turn around and say, "Hey, we're not really getting any leads from from all this content." And it's like, oh, Yo, you're not really putting the CTA there. You're not putting lead generation content there." So I think that's a very right. very important right. that too many companies miss. Um, so yep. very very important point. Yep. So moving on to the next question, what what common mistakes are you seeing right now the content marketers making other than, other than the mistake that I just mentioned?
1: Um, I see the biggest mistake I see is that um, companies are doing content just because their competitors are. Um, and they're not they don't have a strategy or plan in place they just kind of look at their competitors and they go oh wow they're blogging they've got some ebooks we better do it too that's not that's never a good strategy Um, you have to kind of look at your audience um, your products and services um, your greater business strategy really sit down with your team plan it out this is a two or three day exercise right where you kind of Get a strategy in place, you know, put together an editorial calendar,
0: do your research,
1: your keyword research, do your competitive research. Um, look at your brand. What does your brand stand for? Who are you? Um, what's your target audience? All that stuff is, needs to be planned for. And once you have all that in place and you know exactly, you know, the answers to those questions, then and only then can you put together your topic list of, you know, what are we going to blog about? What ebooks are we going to do? And why? Why are we doing this, right? The, the why and the how are the, are the big questions. So that's the biggest mistake I see is it's sort of a me too kind of land grab is like, wow, everyone's doing blogs now. I guess we got a blog and let's just see what they're doing and we'll do the same. That's not going to do you any favor. So I mean, marketing, a big part of marketing is really standing out and having, you know, your own brand, your own tone, your own voice. Um, that's what branding is all about. And so who are you as a company? And what are you going to bring to the table in terms of content um, that's going to be a little different, a little, uh, you know, your flavor, your, your personality, your brand um, that, that when someone reads that blog post or sees that ebook, they know it's from, from you. Um, so I think that's the, that's the biggest issue I see. And then second is just, you know, not allocating budget enough budget to it. Um, look, mm-hmm. Content marketing is an investment. It's not a cost. It's an investment. Um, if you do it right. So, um, any budget that you put towards it is going to pay off in the long run. And, and that's the other thing is I see a lot of folks um, adopting content marketing and they try for three or four months and then they give up. You have to commit to six months. If you're brand new content marketing, you have to commit to six months. That's the magic formula, really. It's, it's blogging three to four times a week for six months and doing that consistently and having that quality high. That's really the, the formula, if you will you got to stay at it because it's a long-term play. So that's a long answer to your question, but those are kind of the issues I see right now.
0: No, that's brilliant. That's exactly what I was looking for really. And you mentioned something really profound. Content marketing is an investment, not a cost. And you also mentioned something earlier that, you know, content marketing gives you a cheaper cost per lead versus advertisements, you know, but the counter argument, the counter argument I hear is okay that's true maybe but it takes time to get there right ads i can launch the ads mm-hmm. next week and in, you know at the end of the month i can measure it and i can actually get leads that month right content marketing if you haven't yep. started yet um okay it's my fault that i'm late to the party but if i'm going to start today it's going to take me three six maybe even a year to really start seeing leads come in uh, on a consistent basis yep. So what's your, what's your counter counter argument to that? Why why should somebody allocate more funds to the content side rather than the ad side? Because that's something I see that, uh, you know, a lot of the marketing budget um, goes towards the ads and only a little bit is left over for the the content. So why should they shift it over? Yep.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And that's a question that's not asked enough, honestly. Um, The first part of my answer is that you really need to be doing both. Number one, don't just throw it all in the content marketing and abandon your ad program advertising is important. It'll always be important. Um, just be smart about it. Right. Um, so I would allocate, um, if you have, let's say, you know, $10,000 you're allocating, um, just putting out a number there, I would allocate 3000 towards your advertising and 7,000 towards your content marketing. So it's sort of a 70, 30 split is the way I see it for Mm -hmm. most companies. Of course, I'm going to say that because I'm a big content marketing guy, (laughs) Uh, but um, that's number one. Okay. Always do some advertising because advertising is a great way to test things and get instant feedback. Absolutely. Uh, and also, if you, want, if you need leads today, that's also a great way of doing it. You can get leads today if you put up some ads. Um, you can't get, do that with content marketing. So that's the first part of the answer. The second part of the answer is, yeah, you know what? All good things, is, you have to build a foundation, uh, whether it's your, your overall business strategy or building your brand or building out your products and services. Hey, it's going to take time. Um, all those things take time. Rome wasn't built in a day, right? And that, there's a reason why that saying is, is well known. Um, so yeah, it is, you know what, if you cannot commit to six months, both the budget, the manpower, and the resources, then don't do it. Um, that would be my recommendation. You know, if you can't commit to six months, um, and that could be an investment of ten to $20,000 potentially, um, mm-hmm. then you're probably not cut out for it. Um, maybe you need to grow more as a company before you are positioned um, so you can do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no easy way to get there. But you know what? If you have a strong strategy in place and you really sit down and get serious about it, you do your research, your competitive research, your SEO research, and just feel really good about it, I think you'll be in a good position to uh, be successful at content marketing. And you could be you could be successful within three or four months if you do it right. You know, there may be some opportunities on the long tail side of things like long tail keywords. Um, we can build some content around those to get quicker response and quicker uh, feedback and, and quicker sales if that's what you're looking for.
0: Yeah, that's very true. And also I want to add to that is, um, you know, to brands who champion ads over content, um content is also you know an indirect an indirect investment in your ad strategy because if you're if you're using your content marketing budget to create assets like uh, ebooks and checklists and and guides and and things like this and even case studies those in turn could be used in your ads right and that's going to be a lot better you can you'll, you'll convert a lot more than you know rather than just having hey we do our software does x and there's no there's nothing there whereas if you say hey download this free guide to learn about you know, X, Y, and Z related to our company, then you're gonna get better conversions from that, um, generally speaking. So, you know, even content is actually gonna support your, your advertising strategy anyway. So there's absolutely no reason I to love that. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's that's, that's, that's my,
1: fantastic. That's really that's better my side.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But yeah, I mean I think it all comes together. I mean and as you said as well, you don't want to sort of cut off your advertising spend. No, nobody's um, advocating that you you stop you'll stop your ads. That'd be that'd be silly there's definitely right. a, a balance that needs to be struck. And, uh, yeah, they, they both, they both, um, they both help each other for sure. Cool. Sure. Um, are you ready for the quick fire round, John? Yeah, go for it. Let's go for it. Okay. First question is what's your favorite social network right now and why?
1: You know what? I'm a Facebook guy. I've always liked Facebook. I mean, you can find your audience there. Everyone's there. Um, it's an easy platform to use. It doesn't change a lot. It's the 900 pound gorilla. So for me, it's Facebook. I know a lot of people say LinkedIn, but uh, I just, I have an affinity towards it both on a personal level and a business level. So I think it, it may always be Facebook for me.
0: Fair enough. Whose content do you consume the most right now? So that could be somebody on Facebook, it could be an author, podcaster, whoever.
1: You know, I've, uh, it's always been content marketing Institute, Joe Pulizzi's uh, group who he founded it's now, yeah. It was sold off to another organization, but uh, Joe Polizzi is a good friend of mine. I've known him for 10 years and, um, you know, content marketing Institute, they just always put out good content. So they're still in my top five and then typically my number one source.
0: Yeah. That, yeah, That is a fantastic source actually. Uh, and third question is what's your one tip today for content marketers?
1: Uh, can you be a little more specific or, or a little bit more yeah. on that
0: one? Is purposefully vague to be honest, so but let me let me try and um, okay,
1: okay, let, let's go. Let's go. What's
0: your one tip for content marketers looking to get more engagement with social media? Let's go for that. Um,
1: hmm, you know what? I think I think really compelling creative that really stands out that may be either really funny or controversial. I think that's mm. not done enough, so I would say super creative, super out of the box creative. Um, along with some good copy to go with that. I think that there's a real opportunity there to do more. You see it with Geico, right? Geico commercials here in the United States. Mm-hmm. They do a really good job with kind of just like interesting, provocative, funny. I think there's a real opportunity to do more of that in, in creative.
0: I totally agree with you. And usually that would be the end of the quickfire round. But I, I forgot to ask you the most important question of your episode, which is what's your go-to coffee?
1: It, it would be a dark roast from Pete's Coffee here in California with probably an added shot.
0: <laughs> okay. Very cool. Pete's coffee. I'll make sure I'll check that out if I'm ever in, uh, San Diego. Okay. John, thanks yeah. so much for coming on the show. Um, it's been a really, really insightful one. How can people find you online if they want to find you?
1: Yeah, well, I really appreciate you having me. Thanks for the time as well. And for the invite. Um, I think best way to cool. get hold me is email, which is John J O N at content launch, like a launch and rocket, John at content launch.com.
0: Excellent. Thanks again, John. Thanks for having me. Guys, thank you for listening to Content and Caffeine. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to share it with your friends and your colleagues. And please remember to rate and review us on iTunes or whichever app you're listening to us on. If you're looking for show notes, head over to wordify.co forward slash podcast. And I'll see you again next week.